It is the Colby Daniels Podcast. It is a Wednesday, which means Aaron Davis is with me. Aaron, what is happening this morning? Not much. Just, uh, I'm, I'm typically used to there not being anything going on the day after the uh, All-Star Game at Major League Baseball. And uh, <laughs> it's a pretty busy day today. Like, we've actually we've got a finals game tonight. We've got Big 12 Media Day started today. Like, I mean, obviously, Big 12 Media Day wasn't really something when I was, like, 14 that I was really paying attention to. Right. But uh, I've started paying more attention to it over the past few years, obviously. So that going on, finals, like, this is supposed to be like a couple days of no sports. and Today is generally the slowest day in the entire sporting calendar, the day after the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, which, by the way, I think we talked about it last week. The schedule that the NBA played this year, fan, I've, way better. I mean, maybe the, like, cluster of games isn't really the way to go but like starting at the like late november early december and playing the finals through like the middle of july yeah i think like way better than the way that they do it because you know as a fan like yeah it's july 14th there's a finals game tonight the day after the all-star game yeah no i i, I love the timeline um i don't like when the nba generally starts if they chose to to have their you know here's the thing I feel like the NBA wants their opening day to be like this celebratory thing like MLB, right? Like it's opening day, like it's the first game of the year, but it's really not. It's just not like there's there's some buzz about it. Sure, but it's not like a national like big thing. But I think if you move the timeline where it starts, maybe your maybe your Christmas quadruple header is opening day. I think yeah, look, yeah. I think that generates a lot more excitement about the start of the season. People love the NBA on Christmas anyway. And once again, that moves that timeline where basketball basically fills up the entire football offseason. Right. And I mean, like, it's starting in the middle of October when they normally start. You're, you're just not even from the this perspective. You're not even far enough into football season where anybody's given up. Right. Like, maybe, maybe if you start in December and, like, Maybe the freaking Bengals are well. There's no basketball team in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, maybe the maybe the football Washington football team is just terrible. Yeah, and you know whatever, and they're ready for something different. Oh, Wizards basketball starting. Like I could I could watch a couple of Wizards games to get into that. But in October, it's still too early in the football season for anybody to be even caring about basketball. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, I think it'd be awesome. Um, this is usually SB day. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. I okay. How terrible are the? I I didn't watch the SBs a few nights ago or whenever that took place, but how terrible are the SBs? I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it in a few years. The last one I watched was the the year that Stuart Scott died. So what was that like? 2014, 2015 ish. Yeah. yeah. So it's been about six or seven years since I watched one. I used to love them as a kid. I thought they were so much fun. Uh, as a kid, watching uh, Peyton Manning make fun of everybody, like that, yeah. that was entertaining to me. But yeah. now, yeah, it's just, I don't know. All award shows have kind of gotten to, uh, I guess, scared, yeah. really, to like do anything fun or edgy because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get canceled. Like, with, I mean, Kevin Hart not hosting the Oscars because he freaking said, made yeah. some tweet or had some joke like 10 years ago. So now everybody's just like, well, we can't say anything. Can't be funny. <laughs> I think for me, it just it's more about 
Like, I don't need those shows to have, like, the access to fill in the blank here, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there was a point in time where, like, you, you're consuming every bit of that stuff you can because you just don't have a lot of it. And now it's That's just true. like, I, I don't really give a damn if, like, pay, I, I can see Peyton Manning in about a million different places right now if I want to go watch something with Peyton Manning in it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, because, like, no, 2006 or whatever, like, there were times where, like, you know, maybe, like, play of the year or whatever is a category that they would yeah. do. I, I might see that. I might see a play live, and I might see the highlights, like, that night on SportsCenter. Right. Or I might not see the play at all until the night of the ESPYs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was awesome. But now, like you said, like, social media and YouTube and everything, like, I can go watch any play that I want as many times as I want. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's uh, We have NBA Finals tonight, uh, Big 12 Media Days. I guess uh, Bob Bowlesby right now is uh, speaking to uh, members of the media, which is, in my opinion, the very worst part of Big 12 Media Days. That makes sense. I, I, was, I did just get, like, oddly tired all of a sudden, so a little sleepy. So it makes sense. That, <laughs> a wave uh, of sleepiness we'll just hit me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what a waste of time. Uh, but yeah, the next two days, Big 12 Media Days, which, uh, I mean, having the media there in person, uh, it just, it, you know, it signifies that we are on track to a normal college football season. I'm ready, man. Ready for full houses. I'm ready for uh, just whatever. Um, I... You, I was I was going to ask you if you uh, think it's a little premature that uh, Spencer Rattler's the uh, like kind of unanimous number one overall pick in the draft next year, but no, I don't. No. Yeah, I was, I was like, I mean, who of, else? Like, I thought about it. Yeah, I, I that's why I start. I like started to think about it in my head. And I was going to say it, and then I was like, well, yeah. I mean, maybe Calvin Thibodeau. Maybe. Yeah, no, I could, I could, I could get on board with that, but maybe, maybe Sam Howell. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Spencer's just the more. It just yeah. makes it, he mean, plays at OU. They already had multiple first round picks at quarterback under Lincoln Riley, so it kind of just fits the mold. He gets to he gets to be under Lincoln's tutelage for a second year, and just looking at the progression from the start of last year to the end of last year, like man, yeah, a lot better. Guy's gonna uh, be good. Yeah. Um, I uh, I sent Eric G on a Big Twelve scavenger hunt. While he's uh, covering media days. Uh, all right. What? So, like. So, okay. So, so, give me some examples. The number one thing that he has to seek out while he and so this is all like stuff that's just going to happen on the main floor of of media days. So, the number one thing he's on the lookout for, and he has to take pictures and and post stressed out handlers. So, like, the guy that oh, well, brings, that's, oh, like, that's, the coaches yeah, that's, to the table. Yeah. That'll be an easy one, but, like, how many of those is he going to get? You know, that's the question. I I, 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 I always hated going to, uh, like, talk to the SIDs and the handlers to, like, ask for interviews. Because, like, I yeah like I, I need to do it because, like, we're trying to do our jobs. But, right. like, I also see that they're, like, in a full panic right now yes. because they've had 17 people ask for <laughs> interviews. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get, we got that guy, that guy, that guy. He's going over there. He's going over there, and then we'll hit you, okay? Yeah. And I'm like, 
I'm like, I, hey, bud, like, if you get to us, cool, but, like, don't worry about I, it. Yeah, like, I just wanted to make the, like, formal, okay. can can we get, you know. Because here's the thing. If you don't ask and you just go ask the coach, because I've done this a million times, but, like, a coach yes. will be doing an interview, and I'll, like, kind of scope it out, and as soon as he, like, finishes with somebody and puts the headset down, I'll run up and be like, coach, can we get you real quick? And he'll be like, yeah, sure. And then the SID's And then the SID's like, all pissed doing? off, and I'm, yeah. And I'm like, uh, well... You gave me attitude when I asked you if, if we could get him on, and so you seem too stressed out for me to ask you this question, right. so I thought I'd go to the coach himself. But yeah, yeah. no, stressed out uh, handlers is uh, number one. Um, my two guesses as to the feature food item for lunch, barbecue and fajitas. So he has to... Uh, Take pictures and post the main food item for the two days of lunch. Uh, and then uh, ESPN personalities walking the grounds because you never see the the Fox guys are everywhere. Right. Right. Like the Fox guys are all over the place, Easy but you never them, yeah. see any of the ESPN people because they have their own setup that's like basically away from everybody else. And generally, you don't even ever see their faces. I mean, Mar- was it his name is Marty Smith, right? The uh, he seems like the one guy you would see walking around. Yeah, I don't think I, has Marty ever done Big Twelve Media Days though. He usually does SEC, right? Yeah, I think he usually is at SEC. Um, I will say this though, and shout. I mean, it's exactly what I would hope and expect. But any events at uh, Jerry World, whether it was the Big Twelve Championship game or like media days, like they do. They do hook you up with the food. Like the food is usually pretty, pretty decent. At least it was a Big Twelve Championship game. I know the food was good. Big Twelve Media Day, I think it yeah. was good, but I just remember them having like nice like plasticware. So I was like, oh, this is <laughs> it, yeah, this it was is fancy. It, it's laid out nice. Like it, yeah. Look, I've had prime crazy. rib in the media area at Jerry World. So yeah, right. Like they can, they are capable of giving you good food, but I've also had hot dogs. That's fair, yeah. And it's like, okay, last time I was here, you gave me prime rib, and now you're feeding me hot dogs? Come on. Well, they they just gave Dak an extension. Cut him a break. They, you know, <laughs> it's hot dogs and hamburgers this year. Which means they are back to the uh, chopped beef sandwiches, right? which uh, you have to question whether or not it's actually beef. Look, last year, Dak's on a rookie deal. We gave him a huge extension this year, so we're, it's Vienna sausages and macaroni and cheese this year that, look that's all yeah. we got that's all we can afford beanie weenies smothered in barbecue sauce that doesn't sound too bad right now yeah i mean it's yeah it's that's a fine snack but i mean it, i would expect a little bit more from a billionaire yeah hosting everybody but you know what it is what it is yeah hot dogs in macaroni and cheese cut up hot dog in macaroni and cheese topped with a ketchup glaze um, <laughs> so new, so, okay. There's new coaches in the big 12, the Kansas, right? So, cause Les miles is gone. Or was, did he get fired last year? Yeah, no, less, uh, less is gone for the first time yeah. this year. Okay. Who's He's the, the new Kansas one, right? coach? I forgot. I have no idea. David Beatty. <laughs> Likeable guy. I, I, yeah. Were you there the uh, year the like, Kansas SID came up and asked if, uh, if I wanted David Beatty, and I was like, no, I'm good. 
<laughs> no, that's funny. Uh, I felt I felt horrible because it's a it's a head coach of a Big Twelve team. We're there for Big Twelve media days, and and like literally nobody was interviewing the guy, and and the SID's like, uh, David Beatty's available. Do you want David Beatty? And I was like, No, nah, I'm I'm all right. Uh, we got we got to hit a break. We're actually arriving. Yeah, up. yeah, we're we're, we're running way done. behind. We've got to hit a break, and then the next segment's going to be like two minutes, and we got to get to another break. And uh, yeah, little white lie uh, there, ha- uh, but. Look, nobody that listened to our show was interested in hearing anything that David Beatty had to say. Like, I wasn't saying that because I didn't want to talk to him. I was like, I I would have no problem like sitting down and talking to David Beatty. But our listenership was not interested in hearing anything about Kansas football at all. Yeah. Uh, Lance Leopold, 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 uh, former head coach at Buffalo, thirty-seven to thirty-three, and. Uh, six seasons at Buffalo. I've, yeah, so. that's right. I forgot about that. Um, I Not know a guy that's a big football dude. Uh, that's a Kansas alum, and he's really excited about this hire. So, for what I it, mean, for he, what they, it's worth, Buffalo was pretty good the last three years. Six yeah. and one last year with a uh, win in the Camellia Bowl. Well, I don't know. Uh, oh, they won in 2019, eight and five, went in the Bahamas Bowl, and then uh, ten and fourteen in 2018, and they lost in the Dollar General Bowl. So, Ugh. these I've not heard. I've heard of the Bahamas Bowl, but I have not heard of the Camellia or the Dollar General Bowl. So, yeah, I didn't know Buffalo one football, of those existed before ten seconds ago. Uh, what about that? Uh, the Les Miles thing, though, paying that kid to leave the program. Do you see that? I did. Uh, I, I, I do have some thoughts on this. Number one, and you were at Big 12 Media Days a couple years ago when Les was uh, Year one, yeah. beyond awkward. Yeah. I've questioned since day one at Kansas Les Miles' involvement in the program and to what degree he's actually the head coach of the football program, right? Like, he was in such bad shape at Big 12 Media Days a couple years ago in year one at Kansas that to me, it signified figurehead, like name coach coming in. Uh, you know, we have less miles because the guy couldn't even process information when people spoke to him, Aaron. I mean, you remember, like people would talk to him and he would have this blank stare on his face like, he didn't recognize people. He wasn't processing the information they were telling him. The handlers were having to, like, talk him through these small interactions that he was having off the stage. It was awkward. Like, he had trouble walking. It was a very weird thing. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I, I First of all, I just question how involved Les was with everything, as opposed to just being there because he's a name and a face. Secondly... This is really funny because I people always like to have this idea that when somebody's at their school, they're a good guy, but then when they leave, that's when they get corrupted. Les Miles, I, I'm not saying the guy was breaking rules necessarily at Oklahoma State, but anybody that thinks that Les Miles at Oklahoma State had this like, you know, we're going to do things the right way, we're going to have good character kids on our campus... If they think that's the less miles they had at Oklahoma State, they're out of their minds. Or LSU. It's still the same guy. Like, he, win at all costs, get the best football players, regardless of character, regardless of how good they are off the field. Like, we are just trying to keep guys that can play this game at a high level eligible so that they can play on Saturdays. 
and we will do everything we can to keep it that way. Like, that's is just it, who he's it, always it, been. So, like, this idea that all of a sudden Les Miles is uh, trying to keep bad guys on a football team so that he has a better chance to win on Saturdays, and that's a new thing, is that's crazy. Is it crazy to you that Kansas football, arguably the worst, one of the worst, Division One football like programs in the country is just like constantly has issues. Like, like, why do they have so many issues and they're so bad? You would think that like, because they had an issue with when Beatty was there, right? Like, there was some off the field or like some behind the scenes issues going on at Kansas. I don't remember exactly what it was, but having prop like, first off. This kid, if this kid comes out and says that he's getting, what was it, bully? Was it a bullying issue? What was it? So he had turned these guys in for dealing drugs, They're selling right? drugs, dealing drugs. Yeah. Okay. So if that comes out, so if it comes out that these three Kansas players are selling pills, I don't remember, I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. So it, then they started, like, bullying him, basically. Yeah. Right. So let, let's say that comes out. Do you think anybody cares? Yeah. <laughs> This is a bigger deal that you paid off this kid to leave the program than it would have been if somebody found out that these kids were selling drugs. Nobody would have cared. It wouldn't even have been from it would not have been even close to front page news that these kids were selling drugs. Also, can we talk about the payout? Fifty thousand dollars? You thought that well, was gonna keep the kid quiet? Fifty grand? And if you're the kid, football. like, come on, like, dude. I, I mean, I guess I guess to him he was like, Yeah, I'll just pocket a fifty grand and uh, I'll still tell my story. Um, You know, maybe maybe if you pocket a quarter million dollars and you still tell the story, then uh, there's a little bit more pushback. But for 50 grand. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's first off, if you can't like you. Did you make the kids sign an NDA or anything like you're going to bribe them and and then you got to make some legal documents? Otherwise, what's to stop? from Like you said, just just saying it, taking the money and then saying something. Go buy a car and then be like, oh, yeah, this happened. Because he can still transfer, he go. He can still play football. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. So like, yeah. But it's Kansas football. What do you expect? Yeah. Les may have given him the fifty thousand dollars and forgotten about it. Catastrophe. I mean, not that anybody really gives a damn. Does anybody care? Again, no. Again, yeah. it's Kansas football. That's, no yeah, exactly. Care. That's the thing. It's like, oh, look what's happening at Kansas. They suck, and uh, now they have these these other issues, and then everybody like goes back to living their life. Like it's not. Uh, yeah. It's not anything that anybody is dwelling on. It it wasn't even a thing where like I really took the time to even read the article. Like I yeah. kind of read the headline, skimmed through the article, and I was like, eh, I don't care. I mean, honestly, I thought the headline uh, was more damning than the actual article. And then when I read the article, I was like, okay, yeah, that's uh, that's about what I would expect from like a Les Miles coach football team. <laughs> hey, you know what, Les let. Tough run, tough run for yeah. Les at, uh, at Kansas. But I mean, what like Les is in the Art Bryles school of, I just want the best football players, and we're just going to do everything we can from Sunday to Friday to get these guys on the field on Saturday. So that's it. Like, it's I mean, you know kinda... you can you can preach all the like you know we're here to build men and blah 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 all that bullshit, but. And I'm not saying it's bullshit. I'm saying, like, there are coaches that say that, and it's bullshit, uh, when really their only goal is to put good football players on the field on Saturdays. 
It's yeah, not about not building every... a winning culture or building a culture where guys do the right thing off the field. And uh, yeah, not every coach is Ted Lasso. You know, you're gonna have some scumbags in there that are just uh, doing. I've not seen Ted Lasso to. yet. I've, I've I I I know about a million people that uh, just give it rave reviews, but it's a good show. It's a uh... It made me feel good about my about my life. Not because the show's bad, but just it's very positive. So okay. like it's a very oh nice like yeah, it's a good show to watch if you're kind of bummed out about something because it's gonna cheer you up. Oh good, it's a good show too. Yeah, it's just a good show too. I like uh, I'm a big uh, Jason Sudeikis fan, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited, man. Before we got like like six weeks away from football starting. Yeah, I think yesterday I, I saw a tweet that said like 54 days maybe. For college football, right? Oh, I don't I don't remember actually. I just remember. The so NFL. Like, yeah. I think the NFL is like eight Sundays away. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. That's too and far. we have this nice little bridge of like the NBA finals wrapping up. We'll have the, the NBA draft in two weeks. We have the Olympics starting in like a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Olympics are weird. I mean, for, I like I, I'm excited for them, but also I'm kind of like not getting my hopes up because I just have a feeling that they there's still a chance they could just get canceled like at the last second. Oh, well, sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Also, I kind of have that feeling, though, that about pretty much anything not named UFC. That's fair. By the like, way, I go into everything just kind of like, okay, you know, like this might happen, but there's there's a chance that one person catches COVID and they're like, okay, we're shutting the whole thing down. Uh, how was the? Uh, I I didn't get to watch the uh, the the card because you know I got to work in the weekends and it sucks. But yeah, uh, freaking. Well, okay, so McGregor do a McGregor Poirier three kind of. I mean. Okay, um, let me get your perspective. Why? Okay. Why are they doing McGregor Poirier? I know McGregor got hurt, and the the fight was kind of just like uh, I I guess did Poirier technically win or was it a no decision? Yeah, Poirier won. Okay, but broken ankle, kind of right. like a, a asterisk win, but still like yeah, McGregor was getting his like McGregor was getting destroyed right before that happened. Yes. Okay, so why like yeah, I don't understand why have a third fight. A fourth fight, you mean? A fourth. Yeah, oh, yeah, because this was... Yeah, the this was the third. This was the trilogy. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So why have a fourth fight? No, wait. Because people a, people will buy it. That's why. I mean, there's bad blood between the two guys. Uh, they were both still talking after it ended. Um, it'll... It, because money, Aaron. It's the ultimate motivator. Okay, look. I At this point, I'm more interested in seeing their wives fight. Yeah. But, I mean, that fight was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And, and for right. most fight fans, I think it was exactly what they thought it was going to be. It's Dustin Poirier still being way more well-rounded as far as mixed martial arts than Conor McGregor. And so is the lightweight division just that bad that he has nobody to fight Poirier other than McGregor again? Well, it's the best division in the UFC. And I would say so, right now okay, so, it's the most yeah. talented division that the UFC's ever had. Like it's loaded with sharks and Dustin Poirier is the, I think Dustin Poirier is the best lightweight in the world as we speak. So it, you know, you have, you have the biggest name in the entire sport against the best 155 or 
walking the planet. Okay, and I get that, but you've done it three times already. Yeah. With McGregor like getting dominated the last two, like you can't give another lightweight the shot at the title. Like we're just gonna keep doing this with McGregor. I don't. It just doesn't make it. I mean, again, I guess McGregor could. It could be a while, so Poria could easily have fights in between. Uh, Poria is fighting know. for the belt next, and okay. Poria could have fought for the belt the last time around. He had the choice of either fighting for the belt or fighting Conor again, but. Because Conor McGregor is such a massive draw, he makes way more money fighting McGregor than he does fighting for the belt. Like, it's not even close. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, so, I, I get that. You're yeah. going to get way more buys, but Oliveira, he's the lightweight champion, right? Charles Oliveira, yeah. Oliveira, there we go. That'll be a great fight. But... but Poirier, was Poirier never was the lightweight champion though? No, nope. no, he was. Uh, right. He beat Max Holloway for uh, an interim belt, right? And then basically, like everybody else in that division, lost to Khabib in a uh, in an undisputed title match. Khabib, Khabib beat everybody though, twenty nine and zero. So, Jack, well, oh yeah, it's Khabib. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it was from a money standpoint. He did the right thing. It's take the trilogy fight, beat Conor McGregor again, well, yeah. get the big payday, and you still get your title shot. The, the trilogy thing makes sense to me. Yeah, like I get the trilogy thing. I guess I just don't get the fourth thing. But again, if well, if Conor, if if, if, if Poirier if, wins if, the if it, belt, the fourth fight isn't happening for a while. Like well, it's not gonna happen for a while anyway because yeah, he's got to exactly. I mean, he's got to recover, but right. It's funny, though, because there's like there's this idea out there that Conor McGregor is washed up or that Conor McGregor has lost his skills or a number of these things. You know, he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, He's not hungry anymore, like all these different things. And I look at Conor McGregor and Aaron, I'm telling you, I don't see anything different from the same guy that was a champion. Like he's still the same guy. The problem is everybody else has evolved. Just better, yeah. Like, he he was out of the octagon for basically five years. And in that time period, the sport changed, the styles changed, the way that people operate and the different skills that are utilized every fight now have changed. And so you have a guy that, you know, when these guys fought in 2014, like Dustin Poirier... Doesn't even look like the same guy. Like, if you put those two guys together, Dustin Poirier doesn't even look like the same guy, much less considering that he's done nothing but train MMA for those seven years where he's better on the ground, he's better in the clinch, he, you know, the kicks. Like, he's added all of these different weapons to his arsenal, whereas, again, Conor McGregor's still the same guy. Like, he's still incredibly dangerous in the first round, especially in those first two minutes when he tries to overwhelm you, he tries to get you to make a mistake, and then he's going to try to knock you out. That's like his game plan. That's what he's done. All of his big fights, that's exactly the path to victory. Come in fast, try to overwhelm you, wait for you to make a mistake, he counters, knocks you out, game over, Connor wins. He still tries to do that every single time he fights. The, the difference is Dustin's a smarter fighter now. He waits out those first two minutes, and then he has his way. He takes it to the ground, or he does the kicks, or like... Connor's still the same guy. People just have evolved to the point that, like, that game plan doesn't really work anymore, and he doesn't have anything else to fall back on when the game plan doesn't go his way. This is, uh, 
I'm curious to get your opinion. So do you think the UFC is more interesting to watch now where every of the top, all the top fighters are kind of just like well-rounded, like MMA fighters, like in, like on the ground, standing up, jujitsu, like there's kind of just a balance to like all the fighters. Or do you, do you think it was more interesting when you had like, like styles clashing? Like, like when you saw like, I don't know, like, Anderson Silva versus like Leota Machida, like those you're gonna get two like conflicting styles, and it's I don't, is that more interesting to you, or you prefer where everybody's just kind of like good at everything? Well, you still have that. I mean, it's there are still guys that are so good in one discipline that that's what they're going to try and impose on you every single time. Uh, the difference is the guys that come in that you know, like a Dustin Poirier. He's just, he's been around so long. He's been doing this sport forever. So he's just over time. It's not even like there's necessarily been a focus on I'm going to become a great grappler or something like that. It's just, you've been training MMA for so long and you've had to fight all these guys that have different disciplines that naturally training in these other disciplines so that you can match up with these dudes, you just become really well-rounded. So there are there there are there are well-rounded guys, but there are also a lot of guys and a lot of matchups where it's literally like this guy. If if the fight is standing, this guy's going to dominate. If it goes to the the mat, then this guy's going to dominate. So, yeah, I I, I just I, think I guess, like the roster is so deep right now. Like they they there's right. so much talent uh, in every division. It's it's mind blowing. I guess I just don't like, okay, so like, I, I guess it's just more that now it's just like everybody's, they're all MMA fighters, but I feel like 10 years ago, like yeah. I would hear Bruce Buffer be like, oh, he's a Muay Thai yeah. jujitsu black belt. And then the other guy would be like all American wrestler. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess they just, maybe they put more emphasis on like the different like yeah. uh, disciplines from like a promoting sample i don't know yeah. like leona machida was there was in his thing like karate if i remember like he was like a so i don't know it i it just it felt more like mortal combat-y or like street fighter-esque back in the day just because everybody was like a different character yeah but now it just feels like they're they're all mma like their discipline is just mixed martial arts yeah well i think if you want to be a champion you have to be well-rounded well, uh, for because sure, yeah. what the what the ufc does is they're going to figure out what discipline you're weak in, and they're going to put you against that that guy. <laughs> like, if you if you're if you've knocked out six guys in a row standing up, they're going to give you a wrestler, right? Like that's right. That's that's just so so the top guys for sure are well rounded for that reason. Yeah. But I, I like if you watch a card like a a card in its entirety, there's a big chunk of every single card that is full of those guys that you're talking about where. Guy's literally just a submission specialist, or a guy is just a wrestler, or a guy is just a stand-up knockout artist. And if you're able to take him down, like he literally has no chance. Um, there was a fight last week on the pay-per-view card. I think it was on the prelims. A guy named Ryan Hall, who's like one of the scariest submission artists in the entire sport. And literally every time the opponent Ilya Taporia got close to him, he basically like did a roll to the ground hoping the guy would jump on top of him so that he he would already have him on the ground and he could start trying to get submissions. Like, 
it was crazy to watch because every time Tapori gets close, Ryan Hall's falling over to the ground, like rolling onto the ground, hoping this guy would jump on top of him so he could start like trying to get him into a submission. Yeah. So See, that's fun to me. Yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy like uh, Leo Machida, by the way, was a uh, third Dan black belt in Shotokan karate. I remember him being a karate guy. Yeah. Just like I thought that was like I was like, karate, is that real? Like people really fight with karate. Yeah. But Wonderboy Thompson. Who just yeah, fought on the yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, there there are still a bunch of those guys though. But yeah, there you go. I, the guys I, at okay, the top no. of almost every division are are so well rounded at this point. You're just not gonna get to that point if you're not. Which may which makes sense because yeah. I mean, even like 10 years ago, the guys at each, the top of each division were kind of like that. I mean, maybe not heavyweight because you just had like Frank Mir laying yeah. on people and putting them in an arm bar. But right. like the smaller divisions, like GSP, well-rounded, Silva, well-rounded, like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to march on, I think, no matter what happens. So, uh, yeah. Um, NBA Finals tonight. What do you think? What's, well, first of all, what is this series doing for you? Are you are you enjoying the series so far? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I'm really rooting hard for Chris Paul and the Suns to win. So like, I had do have a rooting interest in this finals. Um, again, I just I don't find the Bucks a lot of fun to watch for some reason. Yeah. Um, I I I don't know what it is. Like, I like Giannis like as a person. Like. Off the court, I love Giannis, but on the court, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't do much for me. And I, I don't think it's a Giannis thing. I think it's a everybody around him thing. Yeah. Where they just like we talked about the thirteen and thirty guys. Like they just have so many thirteen and thirty guys that I just I feel like he's just gonna. It's got to be Giannis all by himself, and he's been dominant in the paint. Like he's been unstoppable in the paint. And, you know, the Suns don't really have any stop for him. Like, DeAndre Ayton played defensively. He played pretty well against the Clippers and I and Zubox. Yeah, but right. Against Giannis, he's getting dominated, which is fine. But I'm enjoying it. I, I, I'm i also more, especially when I don't have a team in it, I'm kind of more about the, the journey than the destination. So, like, yeah. the conference finals were a lot more exciting to me because it, getting to the finals and getting those matchups were fun. But now that we're here... Uh, I'm not as excited, but it's been good. I mean, it's better than seeing the freaking LeBron James Lakers in the freaking. Uh, I think the Nets would have been fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, the Nets would have. Yeah, like pick a team in the East. Who cares? Right. The Bucks. The Buck. Like we talked about this throughout the playoff run. The Bucks are just hard to watch offensively. There's no flow offensively. It's basically like clear out to Giannis and hope that your shooters knock down shots. And it's a bunch of inconsistent offensive players. Like that's, it's it just, it, there's, there's not, it's not an easy watch because it doesn't flow well. It's, it's, uh, which is the opposite for Phoenix. Like which they're, Right. They're so, so, so it's, much fun to watch. yeah. So it's even more magnified. I think when you play Phoenix, like how smooth they are offensively, Versus, uh, just the, yeah, the jaggedness that is the the Bucks offense. But, um, I I just don't see the path for Milwaukee to win four times in this series. Like, they won the last game, but I I feel like they just need so many things to go right for them to be able to to get it offensively. The first one is Giannis has to shoot a really good free throw percentage. Like Which he was he did, th- uh, he did last three, time, yeah. Did. But is that sustainable? Yeah. Probably not. Like, 
He was 13 of 17, so that that helps in the point category. The other thing is, like, they have to rebound well, and they have to get transition buckets. Because, again, they're just, bottom line is, they are not going to beat Phoenix if both teams are just playing half-court sets. Like, it's not going to happen. They're not good enough offensively. Uh, yeah, they I mean, don't, they have... They have to get tra- transition buckets. They have to get rebound and outlet, and they have to get those buckets that are easier where it's where Phoenix isn't set up defensively. And if they don't, they're not going to win. So that to me, that's the the key is getting the easy buckets outside of half court offense and Giannis free throw shooting. And if if you're able to do those two things, then I think you have a chance. If you don't, then I, I just don't see where it is. And the other thing that's absolutely amusing to me in this series is uh, Chris Middleton a.k.a. Batman, um, literally being nothing like Batman on the biggest stage. Well, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, we all know what he is. Uh, Do you think think that Milwaukee made the right decision picking Drew Holiday over Chris Paul? Because I'm going to be under the impression that if they wanted to get Chris Paul, they could have gotten Chris Paul uh, from Oklahoma City. Like, I, I thought Chris Paul was the per. I mean, if you want to go all in on one season, Chris Paul was the perfect fit. We, I, I think you and I even talked about this a year ago. Um, yeah. That like Chris Paul, like where where was the best fit for Chris Paul? I think I said Milwaukee. Like that's the only thing they're missing is a guy that can actually like control the tempo of the game, can set up a half court offense and make all four players around yeah. him in a half court offense significantly better. He's, just because he's of the arguably way- the best. He's arguably the best half-court point guard in the Absolutely. NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chris Paul was the better option if you're going to go all in on trying to win it in one season. But if you want to talk about long-term, I mean, the unknown of how long Chris Paul is going to play at a high level, the age, all that. Like, you know, it, it, it's a tough thing to say that... Because here's the thing. Even if they have Chris Paul, if Brooklyn doesn't get hurt... Or like well, yeah, is Milwaukee in this yeah. position even with Chris no, Paul? I don't I know. So they almost weren't in this position with only Kevin Durant playing for Brooklyn. Exactly. So it so, would have been really tough to to I think push all your chips in on a one year project. Um. So in I, I mean, man, it's tough. I think they made the right call with Drew Holiday, but once again, like he's such a good perimeter defender, but. There's not a single guy they have offensively that's just like consistent and smooth and you can just depend on to give you production every single night. There's just not a single guy on that roster that's that guy. I was listening to a podcast with Daryl Morey the other day and uh, I, 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 I agree with what he said and he talked about like as a general manager or someone that runs an NBA team like you have to be very acutely aware of your windows and you can't yeah. like you, you, you have to treat your team. Like if you have a chance, if your window's open, you have to treat that season as like the only chance you're going to get to win that title. So like if you're Milwaukee and Chris Paul gives you that opportunity, a better opportunity to win a title this year, yeah, then you have to take that chance because I mean, we saw it with Toronto, Toronto knew that their window was open and they said, you know what? We'll take one year of Kawhi to try and win this title. And just after that happens, if we win a title, then whatever. Like nobody cares. Yeah. Like like nobody cares. Like I guarantee you, Toronto fans are not. Are, they're fine with Toronto being bad this year, missing the playoffs because they won a title two years ago. Right. But I mean, like, OKC is the best example of this, right? Thunder thought they were going to be able to try and win a championship for a decade, and yeah, you can't do just that. Just never materialized. It, like, yeah. 
and then you know they talks about like Greg Popovich like having these like inclinations like there are moments in a season where you know that you're going to win a title that year like there's just a break or something falls your way and you can win a title like yeah you have to be very aware of like these opportunities in single seasons that you have and Milwaukee Maybe they didn't feel like they had a title this year, but their window and their window's been open for a couple of years now, yeah. and which means it's not going to be open much longer. And I don't know if locking up Drew Holiday to a big co- contract is necessarily going to be the right move because they don't they really don't have much flexibility right now because Middleton, Holiday, and, y- and Giannis are all locked up to big deals. So I mean, this might be their only chance to win a title, and they're already down two one to a team that. I think we both feel or plays better basketball and yeah. probably has more talent across the board yeah. outside of like not having the single best player. Well, just more well-rounded, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. They, they can just yeah. do more things. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, they're up two one. So, yeah. I mean, it obviously shows that right now Phoenix is playing better basketball. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Milwaukee ties it up tonight. Uh, Milwaukee's a tough place to play. So, and if Giannis is if if Giannis just needs a quiet arena to hit some free throws, yeah, and he's gonna hit his free throws, then that kind of changes everything. But yeah, I mean, like Phoenix, I Phoenix, I mean, their windows just opening, like their windows just open this year. Yeah, and you know they were being they were aggressive. They brought in Chris Paul. I mean, obviously they didn't have to give up much to bring in Chris Paul, but I just yeah, I mean, you just gotta be. Aware, like I, I, that was why Daryl Morey traded for Russell Westbrook, because he knew he had one. He probably he he felt like he had one year left. Yeah, to to win a title with James Harden and, and that team. Agreed. And while Russell Westbrook isn't necessarily you know a winning player in the playoffs, like I appreciate the move though because they attempted something. Right? It's it's right. at least worth pushing your chips into the center of the table rather than just getting blinded to death. Exactly. Yeah. Like Toronto, uh, you know, Toronto did it a couple of years ago. Like I said, like it can pay off or it can blow back in your face, but like, you got to do something. You got to yeah. be aggressive when your window is open. Yeah. And to, to Presti's credit, I think that he did that for a little while with the Paul George thing, but it's not Presti's fault that Paul George right. pulled the Paul George. Well, yeah, I give Presti a lot of credit for basically doing that ever since Kevin Durant left, but it was, it kind of took Durant Before leaving that, to get him yeah. to that, that level Shit, where there's no reason, no, no reason not to pay James Harden. Right. Before that. Right. Yeah. It just kind of felt like they were, they were so cautious before Durant the, left. The luxury, the luxury tax. Yeah. Yeah. And then Durant left and it was just like, okay, now like we, we literally have nothing to lose. So, and I, I feel like he's pushed all the right buttons since that point. Like it's, he's, he's 100%. just parlayed one move into another and, and had a ton of success. Um, I feel like Milwaukee desperately needs like a Karis Levert type guy, like just like a heat check guy, like just a, a an offensive player that's gonna that can go get you buckets. That uh, he doesn't have to be like necessarily a guy that plays thirty minutes, but yeah, in the fourth quarter. He can be a guy that handles the ball. He can be a guy that goes and gets buckets. He can be one of those guys that can give you 30 a night. But but more than anything, he's a guy that can just create his own shot with the ball in his hands in critical situations. There is not a single guy on that roster, Giannis included, 
where in the final five minutes, you give him the ball at the top of the, the three-point line and say, go get a shot, that you trust being able to get a good shot. Right? No. I mean, look, if Middleton's on, he's on. You well, know? yeah, like, but we Middleton's just going to pull the trigger. He's not He's not a threat to really go to the basket. No, he's not. He's, he's definitely going to stay at least, right. what, 15 to 18 feet away from the yeah. basket every and time. And Giannis is the complete opposite. Giannis isn't really a threat to pull the trigger. You know Giannis is going to try to get to the bucket. He will, but... Um, he's going to try to get to the bucket. Drew Holiday is just, you know, he's just not a great offensive. He's okay, but he's not a great offensive. You just, you just need a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't trade for Drew for his offensive abilities. Right. So they, yeah, I mean, I agree. They need a, they need a guy that could just, like we say, get hot off the bench for really, I mean, what you're really talking about, like maybe like four minute, a four minute stretch yeah. in the second half or fourth quarter that you could, he just take over and, you can sit Giannis because if Giannis sits right now, let him be the ball I mean, dominant guy when Giannis is on the bench and kind of like carry the offense in those minutes. And then at the end of the game, you know, be on the floor with those guys. Yeah. And yeah, Karis like, Levert, Lou like Lou Williams, another yeah. good example of this. Maybe Lou might be a little too old at this point, but well, but prime Lou, but prime yeah, Lou but yeah, that's the Jamal Crawford, like one of those kind of guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and look, I mean, Phoenix doesn't really have that guy either, but it's a different situation because they just play a way more balanced offense. And like, yeah, I mean, there's just outside of maybe Devin Booker getting hot one night, like they really don't have a guy that just is the go-to guy every night. It's just yeah. kind of the hot hand situation. Yeah, maybe it's Chris Paul, maybe it's Devin Booker, maybe it's Aiton, um, and maybe a combination of like Bridges or Cam Johnson. I mean, there's just different approaches that Phoenix can take. Milwaukee doesn't really have a multiple approach no. offense or like team. They It's really Giannis. And it's one then, path. Yeah. It's when Giannis, Giannis and fingers floor, crossed Kobe. Middleton's got it going that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed Batman has it going that night. Hey man, you know, well, you, sometimes you just, that's the thing about here superheroes, man. You, like you just can't rely on a night to night thing. You yeah. can't rely on Batman every night. You yeah. can't rely on Captain America every night. I mean, I guess, I guess if uh, you put Batman in the realm of like the Marvel Avengers, then you could call Middleton Batman. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I guess he's got to. Someone's got to be Batman. Someone's got someone's got to be Tony Stark. Someone's got to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Except for our, Tony Stark can actually fly. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Batman can as fly. a Batman as a I I love Batman. So it's just really offensive that uh, Middleton would get the Batman moniker. Well, I mean, and the guy that scored 40 in back-to-back NBA Finals games is is called Robin. Well, I mean, think about who said it, though. Yeah. Uh, is Robin the worst sidekick in the history the, of the world? Uh, I mean, look, you got to look at it this way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> We need to okay, but the conversation shouldn't be about Robin. It should be about Batman yeah. having a fourteen-year-old boy in his underwear as a sidekick. I, I think that's where the uh, I, I think that's a conversation that as a society we haven't had much of. 
Right. It's because we all take for granted. We all like Batman, so we overlook the. It's it's the Bill Cosby thing, right? Like everybody just overlooked Bill Cosby for years. Because he right. was like the he's he's Doctor Huxtable. No, it's Batman. No, it's not weird. Yeah. It's Robin weird. picked out that outfit. I don't know. <laughs> Why? I don't think Robin picked that out, but. Uh, yes, Robin is absolutely the worst. What do you think Robin's I mean, reaction was when Batman handed him that that costume? I don't know. You want me to wear what? I guess. I mean, you're Batman. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. You do have a cave. You do have a cave, which isn't yeah. weird at all. I'm super glad that Christopher Nolan didn't really include Robin as Robin in his trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, I'll get. I guess Batman. I guess I'll wear this outfit. Yeah, you're a you're a, a single rich man that's not married who lives in a giant house with a cave, and it's just him and an old man. Not weird, but I guess I'll wear this underwear and <laughs> go fight a guy named a penguin. Uh, yeah. Oh, and you I, don't want any... me to tell anybody about our relationship? Okay. All you want right. me to keep it Is on the DL? A... Gotcha. I get you really. I. I that's look all this is fine. I just don't know that I'm comfortable calling you daddy Batman Mr. <laughs> Mr. Batman. Mr. Wayne. I have to draw the uh, line somewhere, sir. Is there are there any good sidekicks? First off, I have noticed that like Marvel doesn't really have sidekicks. It's not a like Marvel's not yeah. a sidekick thing. Well, I felt like uh Falcon was uh Captain America's Captain sidekick. America's yeah, sidekick. He was, but you know, he graduated. I think you could call Spider-Man Tony Stark's sidekick. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, in the movies for sure, in the cinematic MCU. Did Rocket become Thor's sidekick? To a degree? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess maybe Groot would be Rocket's sidekick. Okay, yeah. Okay, I guess there are sidekicks. Yeah, Robin sucks. All these other ones are awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the Falcon was kind of man until the show, but he's cool now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. I I wasn't excited about that show because I was just like, Falcon kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. But I did like the the series kind of salvaged that character for me. Good. Oh, Good how about uh, War Machine? Okay, yeah, he is a sidekick, and yes, he does suck. He's a sidekick, and he sucks. Yeah. 100%. I like when I thought he died uh, at that one. And I guess it was Civil War. Whenever he got paralyzed, I was like, oh, he died. Yeah. I was like, oh, that Mm. sucks. Mm. Then he's paralyzed. I was like, oh, that's I was like, so Tony gets his suit back, right? Yeah. Yeah. He just stole that and gave it to the government. Right. What a douche. How would you still be friends with that guy if he stole your suit and gave it to the government? Although they kind of the way that they did the movie was that like Tony kind of let him have it to get the government off his back. I felt like maybe because remember they were having the meetings uh, where they were trying to get the suit from him. So he's like, I'll give you one version of the suit. I guess so. It was an old one. He gave him the old clunker. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. War Machine, though, never is a character that just never grew on me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, he's literally like a shitty knockoff of Tony Stark or of Iron Man. Like, it really is. And maybe with Justin Hammer's weaponry. 
Maybe it's a Don Cheadle thing. Maybe John Cheadle, like I like Don Cheadle, but maybe it's just not like a. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't feel like the right like a Marvel fit. Yeah. Uh, what was the what was the guy in the first Iron Man? Uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have liked it better if Terrence Howard stayed? I don't know. I just don't uh, like the concept. I th- I don't I don't even, for me it's not even a Don Cheadle thing. I just don't like the concept of like this asshole that stills a shitty version of the Iron Man suit and gives it to the government. Like, eh. I, I, I'm with you on that one. That's that's yeah. just a douche move. Yeah. I feel like uh, Black taxes. Widow and uh, Hawkeye, in a sense, are sidekicks. To each other, though. Yeah, kind of, yeah. They're both just sidekicks, though. Now, the yeah. other one's the hero. Right. Well, I guess we finally, I mean, Black Widow, for one you know, period of time, is going to be a hero. She's got her own movie. Yeah. Robin's never had his own movie, has he? No, I don't okay. think so. No, yeah. I would hope not. Yeah. Um, I mean, Black Widow's. I guess she's a yeah. she's a hero in her movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. I think we're. we're it's might go this weekend. It's. I mean, it's look. It's a Marvel movie, so it's fun, and it's just fun to be back in the theater and like have popcorn right. and all that right. stuff. But yeah. Uh, they could. You know what? Good. They could probably release a Robin movie this weekend, and I'd go see it just probably just for it, yeah. the reasons you just gave. I same, yeah. I'm looking for anything like theater worthy. Like going and seeing like an art house like drama in the theater. It just like I I just watch that <laughs> at, at home. Yeah. Like, but you know, I need a blockbuster. Yeah, you need explosions and yeah. 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 Um Ant Man has multiple movies and I feel like he's a sidekick. Yeah, but Paul Rudd's just such a good like just everybody, how do you not love Paul oh, Rudd? Oh, uh, Paul Rudd's fantastic. So, he, look, Ant-Man may be sidekick-esque, yeah. but Paul Rudd makes him super, like, top hero worthy. That's what I'm saying about, like, War Machine. Like, Don Cheadle just doesn't, like, yeah. he doesn't have the charisma, I guess, that I'm looking for from, a like, a top yeah. hero. I love the sarcasm and, like, self-deprecation from Paul Rudd in the... In the movies. Yeah. He yeah. was the Paul Rudd. Yeah. Paul Rudd's awesome. He's awesome. Look, he's a Royals fan. Like, what else do you need to know about the guy? Like, the guy is a diehard yeah. Royals fan. Yeah. Fair enough. Got it. You got to be self-deprecating. Thank you, Perk and Chris Middleton, for getting us on this uh, this sidekick track. Yeah. Um, MLB All-Star Game, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. First off. Okay. Can we talk about the home run derby first? Okay. Yeah. Did you that, watch the home run derby? That's probably, that's a better way to start. Cause you sent me a text last night and literally I was already triggered about the topic. So you just added fuel to the fire, but yes, let's start with the home run derby. Uh, first off, uh, I was unbelievably frustrated watching the home run derby. What? Why? Other than like, okay. The freaking, the pit guys pitching oh, all of yeah. them. Just so lackadaisical throwing these pitches, except for the guy that threw the threw the Trey Mancini. Like all of them are just like, uh, yeah, we got we, twenty seconds. We need two home runs. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Let me go. Let me get another ball. <sighs> okay. Take a breath. I don't know. Tawny's guy though Pitch. was like throwing oh, so nervous throwing pitches that had movement on them, dude. Oh, oh, oh! Tawny's guy was shitting his pants. <laughs> He was like moving the L screen like 
16 times before they start moving the bat the ba- basket of balls oh otani's guys out there throwing cutters bro i'm like what is happening yeah they said on the broadcast that like he threw the ball and it accidentally was a cutter I'm like, oh did they say that oh well, no that was before okay so like no i like just noticed last- like a couple of his pitches were li- i was like what is ha- he's throwing balls with movement why, why is he doing this yeah yeah so they talked about it before otani hit and said that, like, so before, like, I guess, like, probably the week of or, like, the day before. Yeah. Or the, earlier that morning, Otani hadn't hit off of that guy that was throwing him at the home run derby since, like, March. Well, yeah, Otani doesn't training. take batting practice. Right. So, yeah. and they said that one time, the last time that they took, that he threw batting practice Otani, he just, like, threw the ball and it accident, like, it just had cutting movement. And it was just like, uh. Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what the hell? Oh, you could tell Otani was getting frustrated with him, too. Otani was hitting rockets. They oh, just, yeah. yeah, line drive. But, I, I was like, one of these little kids in the outfield is going to take die. one of these screamers to the temple, right. and it's going to be lights out. I was just, yeah, but I was getting so frustrated yeah. watching, like, all the pitch, all the pitchers just so lackadaisical. I'm like, you need you have 20 seconds. You need three home runs, like. Let's speed it up, buddy. Yeah, throw the ball. But, just yeah, yeah. But Mancini's guy was just like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. yeah, which was fun. Like it was fun to watch Mancini coming back from cancer. That was cool to get to the finals, and then uh, Mancini looked gassed in that second round, and then in the third round, it was just like all of a sudden he had superpowers again because he started yeah. mashing. I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. And then I mean, freaking Pete Alonso, like the dude is just born to hit, be in the home run derby. Uh, I'll be honest though, like. The guy that I I had the most fun watching was so, Juan Soto. Like his oh, swing yeah. is just so yeah. beautiful, and just watching him launch those balls to center field and that swing, like the 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 swing off when he had three pitches and he hit home runs on all of all them. All three, yeah, just amazing. That dude's twenty two. He's already been a he's already won a world. Like kudos to Washington for kicking Bryce Harper to the curve for Juan right. Soto. Like that was a ballsy move. He's it's crazy to say this, but I think he's the most underrated player in baseball because you know when you talk about the faces of the game, like Vlad Jr. Juniors. and Acuna and Otani and all these other guys get Tatis. way more Tatis. Yeah, all these other guys, all these other young players get so much more fanfare, I think, than Soto does, and Soto's as good as all of them. Soto's already won a World Series. He yeah. He arguably was the best player in that world. He won the batting title last year. Like, yeah. <laughs> outside of maybe Stras, one of the Washington Strasburg in the world series. He was the best player. Yeah. Like, yeah, the dude is, and he's only 22. Yeah. And he had like the best position player, arguably that Washington has had since they moved to DC and Bryce Harper. They let Bryce Harper walk for a 20 year old Juan Soto. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no, Home Run Derbies. I love the format. The time, um, yeah, the time clock is great. I I did see uh I did see a couple tweets on Monday night of like they want people wanting to go to the old 10 out format and man, yeah, why? Yeah. That was so brutal. Like how no. many times in the old format, Aaron, would you watch guys literally take like 10 pitches in a row before they'd swing? Right. Look, and the off chance that you get a like a Bobby Abreu or Josh Hamilton where they just obliterate the first round. Yeah. Then the 10 out thing is fun. Yeah. But then guess what? Uh, Josh Hamilton did not win that home run derby, right? Right. Uh, Justin right. Morneau did. Right. So 
who cares? Like we remember Josh Hamilton's twenty eight yeah. in the first round, and that's fun. But like it just doesn't translate to the next round. Yeah. And the in the championship round a lot of times, and then yeah, the time because the timing thing, the head to head with the time, every matchup, like it's intense. Like yeah. in the first round, in the first round, I think everyone except for. Uh, Pete Alonso and Salvador Perez, which Perez hit like 27 home runs. Right. But just because Alonso hit 35, there was no chance. But all of them were like one, the different, like one. Yeah, or with two like 30 seconds left, you're like, this guy could win. Yeah. Like it could go either way. Right. right. And it's just, it sucks that Alonso went first in that matchup. Otherwise, it would have been awesome to watch Alonso trying to get oh, to 28 yeah. yes. to beat Perez. Yeah. But that's just a, and we get a swing off between Otani. Yeah. It's the home run derby. For a decade sucked. Well, you're and not only last- challenging one other guy, but you're challenging the clock as well. Like right. so there's there's two battles that are being fought at like simultaneously, which makes it really exciting. Right. In the old format, the ten out format, I probably would have no unless it was something insane like Josh Hamilton. Yeah. I would have no interest in talking about it. Right. But it's it's good to, it's exciting television having the clock. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Pete Alonso. Also it helped. The when he got to the extra minute in the final and just however what was it six in a row or seven or I mean literally he just looked like he could hit home runs all night long and like he was completely unfazed he had mashed like a hundred homers at that point I'm being a little facetious but uh, pretty close to a hundred yeah but like good lord the guy like he wasn't even slowing down he was just mashing balls just that dude is just built to hit home runs. And how about the fact I, that uh, he made more money in the home run derby than he w- winning the home run derby than he will all season, which I think this year he makes about six hundred thousand dollars. Hey, that's what do you expect from the MLB? Yeah. Just, everything's just ass backwards. Yeah, for Major League Baseball. Um, I think my favorite moment of the entire home run derby, though, was uh, when they were interview when they had King Griffey on, and oh, he was yeah. just like, oh. He's like, if I'm leading off tomorrow, I'm first pitch. I'm yeah, just, I'm all over Otani. Like, I'm I'm mashing that thing. I thought that was uh, yeah. I thought that was funny. I thought it was so cool seeing Otani do home run derby, and then literally the next night throwing you know pitches 100 miles an hour it's and insane. hits lead off. Yeah, so cool. I had this thought. I had a thought last night. So I I was I was tell, talking to Rosie about it. Like Otani might be the best baseball player I've ever seen. Just from the fact that he's so good at, at both ends and that's just a two way player. Like yeah, that's is fair. he the best hitter is he the best hitter I've ever seen? No. Is he the best pitcher I've ever seen? No. But like the fact that he's so good at both. Yeah. He might be the best baseball player I've I, ever that's seen. Completely fair. But I had this thought. If he focused on one aspect, whether it was pitching or hitting, do you think he could be the best? Yes. At one of those things. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's the best home run hitter now, and he doesn't even take BP. That is insane. And he, yeah, and he pitches, what, once every six days, yeah. seven he pitches days? pitches once every six days. And if you've ever seen him pitch, his stuff is good enough to be the best in Major League Baseball if that's all he did. Right. I mean, he's throwing 100. Yeah, he's those 100 plus. Yeah, like he's got great stuff. If I he, yeah, if he, I, I truly believe if he dedicated all of his time to one or the other, he could absolutely be the best pitcher or hitter in, in baseball. I just pray that he stays healthy because, right. I mean, this is exactly what he's doing this year is exactly what everybody wanted him to do yeah. when he came over. He just yeah. hasn't been able to stay healthy the first couple of years. I mean, we saw it a little bit last year, 
uh, he, the, like especially at the plate, like we kind of got a glimpse of what he could do. But dude is just, I mean, he's the best thing that's happened to baseball in 20 years since the, like since the McGuire Sosa yeah. home run race. I think he's the best thing that's happened to baseball. And, yeah, and he's so easy to like, right? Like he loves playing the game. Like every time I've watched an Angels game and I see him playing, like he's smiling, he's enjoying himself. Like it's it's what you want out of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean he's which is I mean that's what I mean you got to love that about the L that we talked about the juniors like yeah like Vlad Tatis Acuna like all the all of them having fun yeah and like and, and I know that like the the old timers hate it. Like, yeah, oh yeah. The old like unwritten rule yeah. baseball fans hate those guys and how much fun they're Don't having. Don't have but... fun playing the game. You need to act like you've been there. Be a professional, Aaron. Be a robot look, on the diamond. Like, like you there's nothing wrong with being a Mike Trout. If you want to be a robot and be just go out there and just be a freaking cyborg and just be a specimen that doesn't look like he's having fun a lot of the times and be a Mike Trout. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I but love Mike also, Trout. It's, yeah, so but, do yeah. I. But it's it's okay to have the opposite as well. It's okay yes. to have guys that want to do cartwheels while they hit, while they hit a home run. Right. Like it doesn't. Like it, nobody's hurt by it. Oh, I disagree. The feelings well, the, of the baseball the purists get hurt. hurt. The pitchers, those poor pitchers. <laughs> oh, pitchers! Pitchers can be very sensitive, though. Well. I get it, man. I mean, outside of what? I mean, like, you can fist pump when you strike somebody out, but don't you dare fist pump against me if you hit a homer off me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, it, it is one of those rare, like, I guess it's not rare, but it's one of those things, positions in sports where, or jobs in sports where if you make a mistake, you can't blame anybody other than yourself. Yeah. So I get them being a little sensitive, but yeah, I mean, let's, come on. Yeah, it's... uh. All right, All-Star Game. First off, okay, I, I, I'll just say this. The uniforms got awful. I don't know what the hell we're doing. Like, first off, if you're going to, like, getting away from each player wearing their team, respective team's uniforms, it's stupid. Because I that's what, that's one of the, that's the thing, that's the single thing that I love most about the All-Star Game is it's the only All-Star Game in sports, at least in American sports, where... Every team has a representative. The point of you going to the to this all-star game is to represent your team. Right. And to wear your team's uniforms on that field with the best players in Major League Baseball. Like, the Pirates, and somehow the Pirates ended up with a couple of all-stars. Which, yeah, in the starting lineup. Brian Reynolds right, and Adam Frazier. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. But a lot of years, the Pirates have one representative. They have one guy doing all these interviews. It's usually doing, like a relief uh, you know, pitcher. Right, or Jason Kindle 10 years straight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, the only guy representing his team, like, it means something to wear that uniform yeah. in the All-Star game and represent them, and they took that away. And I know they had this stupid little, like, thing on the on this jersey, which, again, if you're going to have everybody wear, like, an All-Star uniform, at least make them nice. Yeah. These suck. These were the one of some of the worst uniforms and base major league baseball has struck out so bad on these. Like, I guess they're like city edition uniforms. I've thought all of them, I've not seen one that I've liked. They're all terrible. And then these all-star games are terrible. I don't know what Nike's baseball division is doing, but they are terrible right now. Their designs are so bad and they just took away one of the things that just makes 
the all-star game fun yeah. and like unique to the all-star game. Like they're the only league where the players wear their team's uniforms. I know the NBA tried it a little bit in the early 2000s, but yeah. like it's just an MLB tradition. They've always done this. Go back and watch an all-star game from the 60s. Every right. te- every player is wearing their team's uniform. Right. Like how cool is it to see like Cal Ripken Jr., you know, get a ground ball at shortstop and in his Orioles uniform and flip it over to Robbie Alomar in a Blue Jays uniform to, to make the turn. And right. and he throws it to Frank Thomas in a White Sox uniform. You know what I mean? Like, it's so cool. And, and yeah. I love, I, I'm a big fan. I know this is a very small thing and most people probably don't get, don't give a damn, but I love the introductions at the very beginning Same. when they, and when I, they announce all the all-stars and everybody, fr- they have them lined up by team. Like that's another element of like, where are these guys' uniforms? Like, this is bullshit. What a... And those uniforms suck. Like, it's... Ugh. Terrible. What was the reasoning for doing these anyway? Like, I I still don't don't even know, like, why they went away from these or if it's just like, hey, maybe we can sell some all-star jerseys. Who's going to buy those? I don't know. They're terrible. First off, blue on blue? What are we in? This is it. What is it? Softball? Like, what are we... Why? Who? No, you don't wear blue on blue. Like it's Major League Baseball. It's all you never wear colored tops on colored pants unless it's like a throwback to the '80s where powder blue stuff. But like you just don't do that. You wear right. gray pants. Right. You're the road team. You wear gray pants. Yeah. Unless it's some weird thing. But like it just it doesn't work. It's stupid. And and this it, it's the uh, I don't know. I'm so annoyed by it because. Or how about this? Here. If nothing else. Let them wear their their hat, their own hat. Yeah, NFL does that. You wear a team helmet, but with the right. Everybody you know, wears their their Pro Bowl uniform, but then you wear your own helmet, right? Yeah. Like at least right. if you're if nothing else, wear the home hat. Like I don't. It just the whole thing was stupid. And again, I mean, they have every year they've had All Star jerseys because yeah. they would wear them during the Home Run Derby, right? And then in the All Star game, you wore your team's uniforms. Yeah. And they flipped it this year for some reason, which again I don't I, I don't understand Stupid. because at the at the home run derby you're not representing your team you're representing yourself. Yeah. In the All Star game, it's about representing your team. It's about you know being that one uh, Cleveland Indian in the All Star game. Right. About being that one Blue Jay in the All Star game, or having a having seven. Uh, Atlanta Braves in the All-Star game and, and going through the introductions and it's yeah. just Brave uniform, Brave uniform, right. Brave uniform. Like that's, to me, that's what the All-Star game's about. You're not playing for anything other than representing your team. Yeah. Who is the Astros representative, by the way? Uh, I think they all backed out. I, that's what I was thinking. They, I didn't remember seeing any Astros there last night. Yeah, Altuve, Correa, and Brantley all okay. were elected as reserves but none of them uh played yeah, i knew I that i knew all three of those guys sure. had backed out but i didn't know if like somebody else was uh given the opportunity to show up and represent or not yeah correa backed out and said he needed to spend time with his uh his pregnant wife who yeah. had a doctor's appointment this week but then he uh got sick over the like last at the end of last week so uh yeah that's kind of fishy but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I don't, I mean, look, I just hope that they didn't back out because they didn't want to deal with the uh, negativity that they were going to receive because they would have gotten booed out of the building. Oh, it would have been epic. I hope that's not why they backed out, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. 
and again, it, do I? It's do I think it's a little unfair? Yeah, I do think it's a little unfair the amount of hatred that they get. But at the same time, like it is what it is. They, dude, that come on, they perpetuated I, it. I look, like I they were going to get hate un- anyway, and then last year happened, yes. so nobody got to do it. So it got to build for an entire year, and then none of those guys acted like they were sorry. Like they were all just like, "That's that's the thing." Yeah. It's the Barry Bonds deal, right? Barry Bonds is still hated because he never was just like, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. I Look, I agree. Because if you're booing them because of they cheated or because you think they cheated, that then that's stupid because you should boo every team in, in the league. Because every yeah. team in the league is doing something of the sort to get an advantage that right. is probably unethical in baseball or against the rules. It's a tradi- It's baseball. It's been going on forever. I agree. They were super douchey, though, yeah. in the press conference that they yeah. held last year. I, I agree. Like, I remember ha- having this thought and having this conversation with my buddies. I was like, I don't know if I can be an Astros fan because they're just – they just can't – they're such, like, D-bags they about They acted like this. assholes. Like, like, here's the thing. Yeah. This is just a human nature thing. And this applies to – this is this goes outside of sports as well. Like, there is just something built into our DNA or our culture or something where – I think we're taught as little kids, like if you do something wrong, you have to in some way act humbled and apologize for it. Otherwise, we're not happy with you. Like, it doesn't matter that you broke a rule. We all understand you broke a rule. But if you just say you're sorry and act humbled by the whole situation, then most of the time, like everybody just forgets about it. Yeah. But it's when you're like, well, I mean, you know, maybe I did. But if, if you give excuse, like... If you don't act humble about the whole thing and since and act like you're sincerely apologizing for it, then that just amplifies the fact that you broke the rule and everybody hates you. Like it's it we've seen it with the entire steroids era. How many guys just simply said I did it and I'm sorry and are never brought up versus the guys that like yeah. have fought it the whole way and those are the guys that we remember as steroid users. That literally lied like spoke to said Congress yes. they didn't do it. Rabiel Palmero said to Congress he didn't take steroids. They got like suspended for a positive test that same season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which I think, look, honestly, it just makes it more amazing that Tom Brady is so like now after all this, like the plate gate, all that stuff. Yeah. Cause he was never like, he never right. had any like humility or anything about any of that. And I'll be honest. I love Tom Brady. He's my, he might be my favorite athlete to follow on social media. He posted he put he tweet he posted Instagram or a tweet yesterday. Uh, it was him and he was like out in Montana, like with a hole in the football, like, running some throwing some routes to these receivers. Yeah, and uh, he said the caption was so glad to have uh, have Julian, Danny, and uh, and Wes out here in Montana with me. But it was his three sons. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because they're small. They're small yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So, but he's just good. And then the uh, the Aaron, the Jeopardy. Did you see the Jeopardy thing they did before the match, where uh, I don't think they were so. doing Jeopardy? They were doing Jeopardy with the match. So it was like uh, Rogers, Brady, um, was it? The Shambo and Mickelson. The Shambo Mickelson. Yeah. Yeah. And they were they were doing Jeopardy, and the question was like, Hang on, let me. I'm gonna pull it up because okay, that's fucking. I, I tuned into a little bit of the match, but it just did a, it didn't move the needle much for me. I forgot what was on at the same time, but there was something else on that uh, was way more interesting to me than the match. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the match either. 
Eric G has just tweeted the first stressed out handler from Big 12 Media Days. So, hashtag SOH. I can't find the actual one, but it was basically, okay. I'll, I'll give you the gist. It was, uh, he, he he's unhappy with his boss and has no options. And uh, Brady answered, who is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? That's awesome. And then uh, Aaron was like, I'm, I never said I'm unhappy with my, it was good yeah. stuff. Like Brady is good. Rodgers is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. Dude, I've been. I was in. Uh, I was in PK Heaven last week. Oh um, yeah, uh, a, cha- a, a, a a championship match, going to PKs, and then yeah. Aaron, I watched a- parts of four different matches in the entire tournament, and every game that I watched part of, the result was PKs. Well, look, I think you need to watch some more tournament games. Yep. Uh, get some more PKs going because we talked about it. PKs are awesome. They're intense. And anybody that doesn't like PKs is a loser. Actually, no, but, that's that's incorrect. I think that was it the what semi one of the semifinals that I watched didn't go to PKs, but there was a penalty kick in the match that I think England the, England and England and Denmark did not go to Okay, then yeah. And didn't uh, England PKs. score on a PK at some point in that match? Yeah. Okay, so that yeah, was Yeah, it was kind of a fishy fishy call too. That was the one of like four or five different matches that I watched total or parts of uh that didn't go to PKs. But yeah, otherwise yeah. I watched four different PKs in that tournament and and they were all awesome. And the amount of people the, that also give me give me uh, a hard time about the PKs, I'm like, "What what are you watching?" What, what in your DNA does not allow you to enjoy the drama that is PKs? Right. Look, they have they played 120 minutes. They give them they give them an extra 30 minutes of just playing the actual game to find right. a winner, and they can't do it. Right. So then they go, let's do penalty kicks and let's do it. Like, yeah. And the 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 final the finals had the best uh, the championship match had the best PKs oh, of yeah. all of them. Like. First off, to be in Wembley with England playing in the Euro final, they I don't remember I think the last time they've won the Euros was like early nineties. It's been a long time since England England hasn't won a World Cup since the sixties. So like you're talking about England who the country where soccer, football, whatever yeah. was created and like one of the powerhouses and they haven't won an international major tournament in a long time. To be in Wembley in a PK and yeah. to just absolutely just shit the bed. Like, I feel so bad for Marcus Rashford, who, if you're not familiar, like, Marcus Rashford is, like, one of the, like, the best dudes in the world, as far as, like, especially, like, athletes. If we're just talking yeah. athletes. Like, he's one of the best athletes in the world, just as a human being. Um, he raised so much money for, like, to feed children during COVID, and all this stuff. Everybody loves Marcus Rashford. I feel so bad for him that he just absolutely botched that PK. And then, uh, yeah, Donnarumma, like just the Italian goalkeeper who's, I mean, he's already got like 30 caps, which is like a, like for the not soccer people. Like any, anytime you make an appearance for your international yeah. club, it's called a cap. I don't yeah. know why. Starts, basically. But starts, yeah. yeah. He's got like 30 of them and he's only 22. And uh, he's about to go play at uh, PSG, leaving uh, AC Milan. But 
fantastic saves. Like one of, I think one of the hardest things to do in sports, like obviously hitting major league pitching is up there. I think playing cornerback corner cornerback in the NFL is up there is the most difficult things to do in sports. I think being a goalkeeper and a penalty kick at the highest level of soccer is unbelievably difficult to do because yeah. the 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 PK the kicker the penalty kicker can just wait and see which way you're going and then just kick yeah. it the opposite way. Like yeah. it's so difficult to make a save. You're basically guessing, and it's pure luck. Well, yeah, a there's the a time. massive luck element to be in the right spot in the first place, much less if you are to be able to make a play on the Stop ball. It. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of these dudes are just launching missiles in there yeah. from like 20, 15 yards away, 20 yards away, and you've got you got one hand, and you're already diving in the air. Yeah. And you've got to like just position your one hand in the right spot to tip the ball. I think it's incredibly difficult to do, and he made a couple of. Great stops. Um, yeah, it was fun, man. Uh, I hadn't been able to watch as much of the uh, tournament as I would have liked. I watched a lot of the group stage, but yeah. just work and stuff, I had missed a lot of it. But, yeah, great final. Um, sucks for England. Italy hasn't lost in, like, three years. They didn't make the World Cup, the last World Cup, and then they haven't lost in, like, 34 matches now. Cow. So, yeah, it's crazy. You don't qualify for yeah. the World Cup. And then yeah. you go on a, a three-year unbeaten run immediately after the World Cup. It's crazy. That's insane. Um, yeah. So keep watching more more soccer matches because I love PKs. Yeah. Look, if you guarantee me PKs, I'm uh, I'm in. It's the drama, man. Like yeah. And I just I love that Donnarumma made that save and won them the tournament. And he was just kind of he just no sold it, just like yeah. stone faced it. He's like, yeah. eh. cool. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh. Uh, I don't know Italian. Uh, we, we that's French. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do they? What what what's the? Uh, what do they say in? Uh, Gabagool. Uh, uh, in glo- uh, glorious bastards. Oh, what do they say? Oh. I know what scene you're talking about too, because Brad Pitt has no accent. Yeah, yeah. They're tr- they're pretending accent. to be Italian. He's like a Vidi Vici. I'm Italian. <laughs> Vidi Vici. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. That's good stuff. Ah, I'm gonna watch. I need to watch. That. I gotta remember what that is because, like, literally every time I see like something Italian, I usually blurt that out. But it's escaping me now. Enzo, uh, Enzo Gorlami. Gorlami, yeah. Gorlami. <laughs> so great. I love that scene. Gorlami. So yeah. awesome. It's a great movie. Oh, so, it isn't. I know a lot of people love that movie, but it, it still feels to me like that's an underrated movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, yeah. Fir- the like the opening scene is I think the opening scene in that movie is easily one of the best opening scenes ever made in a movie where the uh, the guy goes to the farm and the girls yeah, are they're, hiding they're underneath the, the floor. Yeah. Oh, so intense. Yeah. Uh, Christoph Waltz is amazing. Actor. What a great like, yeah, villain that, in that scene. Yes. Yeah. Asking for the milk. And you just, he like the whole time, you know that he knows they're there. Yeah. And he's just, just being an evil, evil <laughs> right, douche. Just being a dick. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a busy week. Anything else on your mind? What do we have in the football world? Like media days, obviously, but, uh, I feel like we've talked about like every major sport there is. Uh, apparently, thirty-five seconds ago, Richard Sherman was jailed for a felony charge. Oh shit! Tweeted out by uh, 
burglary. He's been booked for burglary, domestic violence, and it's being oh, investigated wow. as a felony. Yikes! It's not good. Yeah, is he on a team right now? Did he go back to Seattle? Wait. Last I knew, he was still a free agent, but he is a free agent yeah. still, which is interesting because yeah. you would think that somebody would give him a one-year deal. That's crazy. Um, uh, other football stuff. We talked about the Kansas thing, which is silly. Yeah. Uh, Big media day. Not really. I mean, training camp's got to start here soon, right? Yeah, close, close. Dallas Cowboys on hard knocks. We're talking, let's see. What, like two or three weeks now? They usually start like the last week of July, yeah. right, for training yeah, camp? Like, I think it's like two or three weeks. July 27th. I'm going to have to do that uh, tr- that HBO trial just so I can watch Hard Knocks. I think, look, I would just get HBO Max. It's worth it. Is it? Yeah, I I would, I would canceled my Netflix account just to get HBO Max because I think HBO is just significantly yeah. better. Well, I just have so many Netflix shows. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, just do a free trial. Yeah. Just get a couple of free trials. A couple free, yeah. We'll use my email account Lawrence email account we'll create yeah. one for the little man there you go yeah that should there cover yeah the entire spread of of hard knocks I, I am at the point though where I'm I'm starting to get antsy for football to start like I'm yeah I'm ready like I, I work Sundays and I'm like trying to manipulate a way that I can be off by like 11 o'clock yeah well luckily like I think between Little man loves F1, so like every other weekend we've had F1 races in the morning. Um, UFC fight cards on Saturday nights. The NBA's still going. Like I've not reached that point where it's just baseball and I'm like fiending for football. Although, look, football's my favorite, and I, I'm I'll be super excited when it comes back. But I don't find myself like needing it to come back as as much as I normally would this time of year. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's it's a whole it's a whole thing though, because it's just, yeah. It's like I'm I'm so I'm I'm tired of the heat. Yeah, like I'm just ready to like veg out on the couch for nine hours straight <laughs> on Sundays while it's like the windows are open. It's like six, yeah. fifty degrees outside. Yeah, like I, I'm just I'm 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 ready. I'm Fair ready enough. For football. Fair enough. All right, my friend. Uh, I will let you run. We will catch up again next Wednesday and. Uh, Always fun, buddy. All right, see you. Okay. <laughs>